we're doing a series on encouragement. And uh, I thought I would do this before we got started. Uh, I want to do something encouraging because uh, if you don't listen to rap music, it's hard to have an ear for it, to follow it when you're doing the stuff on the, on the words, right? The only way you could make things worse is if you had the person who was going to do that call in sick and then you found somebody who had never done it before and you asked them to fill in today, which is what we did, right? And he did a pretty good job for just throwing him in there. So could you thank him for me? Now, um, that song that you just heard, was, it was pretty rough, Right? grabs you by the gut and shakes you up and goes, wow, there, there's a conflict between a son and a father. What does that have to do with encouragement? Well, I, I actually think it does in a couple of different ways, a couple of different layers. So let me help you get there. This morning, we're going to talk about a concept about encouragement that the cultures of the day would have understood easily. The ancient cultures had an honor code that they lived by. Uh, maybe today, maybe uh, the Japanese culture is close to that and some of the Chinese culture. It's definitely not a part of who we are. I've, re I've read about these cultures, I've tried to study them and understand them, and I can tell you I still don't get it. I know they would make a decision based on us. What's best for us? The choice that I'm about to make for me, how is that best for us? That's definitely not our culture, that's not the way we process it. But they were all about trying to find a way to gain acceptance. I'm trying to get, get you to accept who I am, my place in this world. And the, and the stakes were high. Because if you didn't get accepted, you could be dealt a hand of shame and rejection. And it wasn't a given that your family would even accept you. If you blew it, if you did something dishonorable, your family could write you off. Your whole community could reject you. So this was, this was a brutal system where you had to understand what the written rules were, what the unwritten rules were, what the attitude you had to have, what you could say or couldn't say, and how to do those in the right place. Otherwise, you would risk a lot. That, that's... That's the culture of the day. Our culture doesn't get that at all. In fact, I've, I've talked to people in our culture who've said, I really don't care what people think. And, and some of those people I believe because they are the loneliest people you've ever met. They don't care about anybody but themselves. They've found a way to communicate that and, and they are alone on an island but for the rest of us. There, there's a part in the core of who we are that does care what our family thinks. We don't want to be rejected by them. We care how our friends think about us. We care if our community's going to reject us or not. And so that little slice, that little sliver, I know it's not apples to apples. It's definitely not the way their culture thought about it, the ancient cultures. But at least you have a, a little sense of what that is. And, and that song that you just heard, that song was about this sense 
of trying to find a way to honor a dad and feeling like every chance I had to try to figure out how to make you happy, I feel like I fell short. And his response in this was, I'm done, I'm checked out, this relationship is over. You wanna fake it with me, that's fine, we'll do that. But that's all I've got. And at the same time he's saying that, there are verses in there where he was talking about, I thought we could make this work. And the chorus of the song, I'm sorry that I let you down. Like there is something deep within me that would hope that I could have found a way to make this thing work because really I do care about this relationship. Uh, what we're gonna talk about this morning is honor. We're, we're gonna talk about how uh, God can use that as a means to encourage other people. In fact, when God talks about it, he talks about you offering it to other people in your life. And that's what encouragement is. This whole series, I, I know it's gonna be a little frustrating, is not about you. It's about how you can find a way to exercise this muscle of encouragement that does something good for somebody else, something of value for somebody else. And this morning, we're gonna look at three different groups that God says, hey, I, I'd like you to give honor here. And one of them, one of them, the ancient cultures would have scratched their head because that is not how they handed out honor. So it would have, it would have made them step back, but they understood honor far more than we do. But I'm hoping that as we talk about it, that we can recapture the really positive part of this honor culture kind of thinking that will, that will allow you to then offer that to people in your life. The first group that we're gonna look at, if you have a Bible app or um, a Bible this morning, you wanna turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in it, Paul is talking to the church. He's talking to us. And he's, he's helping us understand how we actually interact with each other. How do we do this? And he's using the picture of a body. He says, look, your body has all kinds of parts. I put all these parts together. That's what the church is like. It's like a whole bunch of variety of pieces but you all find a way to work together. And in the middle of that, he talks about some things that have to do with honor. And I wanna pick this up in verse 21 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this, the eye cannot say to the hand, eh, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, eh, I don't need you. Now listen, he's about to make a really important point and the body parts he's choosing, he's doing on purpose. Shows eyes in the head versus the hands and the feet. And, and we're gonna see how this unfolds as to why he would choose these. He goes on, instead of saying, I don't need you, he says, on the contrary, in verse 22, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Now, that word's hard for us because when we hear weaker in our culture, we think strength. You're like, what, my parts are stronger or less strong? No, think of it this way. Your parts are um, esteemed or valued differently. And you're like, I, I'm not sure if I really do esteem or value my parts differently. No, you, you do. You probably just don't understand how you do this. When was the last time that you were introducing or describing, let's say that, describing a friend of yours to somebody else they haven't met yet, and you said to them, you're gonna know who my friend is when you see his dainty hands, Right? Well, one, you're not his friend, because that's not very nice, right? Don't talk like that. 
Or, or you say, where you say, you'll know her when you see her Sasquatch feet, right? And everybody's like, oh yeah, I know somebody like that, right? We've never described each other like that. Your, your friend, even if you use nice terms, right? And you said strong hands, or they had very petite feet that fit nicely with their body. They would look at you and go, what is your problem, right? They would go, help me out here. Give me some hair color, give me some color of eyes, tell me what their face looks like. I mean, give me something I can work with. That's, that's about value. You, there's other things that you value. In fact, here's what happens with these other parts that he says are weaker. We kind of don't even recognize them. We, we, we kind of don't notice them unless something's wrong with them. I had that happen with a friend uh, I remember that conversation from years ago. Uh, when I grew up, I grew up in a Christian youth camp. There were lots of horses, and one of my jobs was to get on a horse and ride out to a, a backfield and then drive all the horses we would use for that day into the barn. The horses didn't like coming to the barn, and so they would, they'd made some trails into some dense underbrush. Uh, the kind of trails that they made were without saddles on them. And so everything was low. Everything was low and compact. And the only way to get the horses out was to go in after them, except you were on a saddle. And this is where it got fun, right? It was like a real-life video game with real-life consequences. You, you kept your eyes forward all the time, and you would go down on the side of the horse so that you wouldn't get wiped off your saddle, but you had to look forward because you had to switch sides. Because if you were on that side, you might get knocked off. It was a blast. I loved it, right? I had friends who got knocked off their horses, which at the time, I will confess, I laughed. I thought it was funny, right? In one of those times when we were out there doing this, one of my friends ran into a big thorn tree, you know, those thorns like this, jammed it into his hand, and he pulled it out, and when he pulled it out, he broke off the tip in his hand, and he did what I would do. He said, I'm gonna wait until this thing pusses up, then I'm gonna squeeze it out, everything's gonna be fine. Except it was so deep, it did puss up, but it didn't squeeze out, it got infected, and pretty soon he lost the use of his thumb. Then a day later, he lost the use of his four fingers. And a couple days later, he still hasn't gone to see anybody, neither would I, I mean, come on, you're, you can still move your arm, what, do you, what else do you need? Forearm starts to go when his shoulder started being incapacitated and he couldn't move it. He went to a nurse who dug it out, cleaned out the infection, and then got better. And I remember him talking about he never even thought about his hand until he didn't have it to use anymore. And what he was saying is, man, I, I take it for granted. I, didn't, I don't have the same value as I have the other things that I just take for granted. Here's, here's the thing. We, we take people for granted that's why, that's why Paul's writing this. He's talking about us as a church. And he's warning that some people are like valued less in our eyes. And when that happens, it causes problems. And so he says this in verse 23. He says, in the parts that we think are less honorable, in the church we treat with special honor. He said, listen, when you think somebody is of less value, maybe because of the position they hold or what they're doing or whatever reason you've taken them for granted, we make a choice to specially honor that person. In verse 24, he says, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. 
Our presentable parts. Um, I, I'm up on the stage all the time. I get seen, right? And because I'm seen, people will end up talking to me. They'll talk to me out in the lookout hall. They'll have conversations with me. There are a lot of positive conversations that come from that. That happens with the people who are on the stage um, when they sing or it happens to our staff members because they get seen quite a bit. And the fact that you're seen, you, people comment on it. It's, it's just like you. The stuff that you spend a lot of time primping, people comment on. People comment on your hair, right? Here's what I found to be true. Even if you don't have hair, people comment on your hair, right? Nice shine, right? They'll, they'll say stuff like that. You, did you wax that today? I mean, all, you're like, thanks for noticing. You know, that was very, really helpful. We spend all the time on this because that's what people notice. If they, if they notice the other things, it would creep us out, right? If you were somewhere and somebody came up to you and said, nice hands, right? You'd go, where's my mom, right? If they came up to you and said, I really like your feet. You could be 42 years old and looking for your mother for protection right there, right? Because that's just weird. It's the presentable parts. They already get attention. It's normal. And that's what happens. That's what happens in the church too. The stuff up front gets all kinds of attention. But this is how God put the body together. It says, but God has put the body together giving greatest honor to the gifts that lacked it. See, the gifts that already get attention, they don't need any special honor. They don't need more strokes. But those that are doing stuff quietly behind the scenes, they get it. By the way, um, there are 50 to 60 people every week who've done things at Waypoint that allow this to happen right now. People from like greeter teams to hospitality teams, our tech teams, we have kids over in the, or people watching kids in the kids' rooms. We have people who clean the building that you never know about. They just, but if they didn't do what they did, this becomes really difficult to do. I would say impossible because I, I couldn't do it all. And that's, that's the point. He says, listen, I want you to understand uh, God put the body together. He did it with all kinds of different gifts. And there's all kinds of people who are doing things that you don't see that should be honored, should be valued. And then he says this. Why does he do this? Verse 25. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. And then right in the next verse, he tells you what that equal concern should look like. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is, listen, you have to understand how this works. It's us. It's us thinking. It's us acting. It's, it's us. It's not you. And some of the parts will automatically get attention. The parts that don't, I'd like you to give them special honor. Now, here's what, I, here's what I think. I think this little principle right here is not just true about the church. I think it's true about every area of your life. Here's the picture I would give you. Where you're at right now in life, you're there because you're standing on the shoulders of people who have gone before you to allow you to do what you do. 
maybe you own a business and you look back and you're like, wow, look at all the people who allowed us to get to this place. Maybe you're on a sports team. Every role counts. If you go to a practice and everybody doesn't do what they do, you can't get better. It's not just the stars that show up and score. If the role players don't do their role, the team doesn't succeed. This happens in a family, right? When you go to the drawer, are you like me? Wow, it's a never-ending sock drawer. How did that happen, right? It's, it's not never-ending. Like, somebody did that. Whether it's, whether it's a role that they might have had where maybe somebody's uh, doing some act of service that goes unseen or an attitude that they do it with or something at home, Somewhere in your life, there are people who are doing things for you, have done things for you, where you are now standing on their shoulders and you're getting to reap the benefits of that. And God says, listen, when you realize that's where you are in life, it would be wise of you to give those people special honor, to tell them the truth. I wouldn't be here without you. I'm so grateful that when I go like this, there sucks. Right? Now here's how this, here's how this has to work. I, I'm so glad I found this. This is in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33. And I think this is the whole basis of the idea of honor. Um, he starts off, uh, it says, wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord. It's to respect God. So wisdom would say, man, you ought to respect God. And then it says, and. There's another part of this. Wisdom would also tell you this. And humility comes before honor. Humility comes before honor. And I think it happens in two ways. I, I think the one is obvious. Have you ever ran into anybody who's like really arrogant and thinks they, like they're the star and they deserve all the attention? I mean, maybe they score goals, maybe they do all of that sort of stuff, maybe they're like the salesperson and they're out there getting it done and people see what they do and they think they deserve all the honor. They think they deserve all the accolades. It's really hard to honor that person. But the other side is true too. It's really hard for you to give honor if you think you did it all on your own. If you think you got to the place that you're at, without any help. They, really, you're self-made in every shape and way. And when that happens, there's no need for you to actually turn around and honor anybody else. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's true. I don't think you got there alone. I did not get here alone. I, I, I don't know how many people ask me today, is that a new shirt? I'm like, it was in my closet. <laughs> These are only things I know right? This stuff happens to me all the time. I have somebody who has my back constantly. And here's the problem. See, those people do that generally out of love. They've, they've backed you for a long period of time because they care about you. But when you feel taken for granted, how long do you want to keep going? How much effort do you want to give? Do you want to do your best at that point? See, what can happen is people can not want to carry on. Even though their role is vital, their role is important, 
You wouldn't do what you did without it. But if you've never communicated that, if you've never looked at the people in your life who've gotten you to where you're at and communicated the value to them, you're missing out. You're, you're missing an opportunity to speak into their lives. When I say honor, I'm talking about respect. I'm talking about praise. Talk about ways for you to say, man, I value you because of what this has meant to my life. And if it's good enough for the church, and it's a real thing that's happening all over the face of your life, it would be wise to find those people who might be feeling taken for granted and tell them the truth. I could not be here without you. I know you're doing that out of love, and I appreciate it. I respect that. Now, now listen. I don't enjoy doing these kind of talks where I get to go home afterwards and hear Tracy say, when are you going to practice what you preach? Right? I'm terrible at this. But, but I'm, the reason I'm bringing it to you is because this is something that you could exercise, you could get good at. You could start building the muscle to see those people in your life and out of humility, reach down and give them some encouragement to honor them. Okay, so this is one group. And this would have been, this would have been shocking for the honor culture. You gave honor to the people at the top, not at the bottom. And so God's kingdom was upside down. It's pretty cool. Now these others, um, these other two places where you would place honor, uh, the, the, the next one's tricky. Whew, it's tough. Um, I'm actually going to put up on the screen. Uh, the, oh, he already did it. He's way ahead of me this time. Okay, Romans 13, 7 says, if honor, then honor. Uh, Paul is talking about governments, people in authority. And he says, if you owe them honor, then give them honor. In Ephesians 6, it says, honor your father and mother. In 1 Peter 2, 17, it says, show respect to all. Honor the emperor. There is a category of people that I would put in this, I would lump them and say, people in authority are somebody that God wants us to respond with honor to. And it's tricky. This, this one's hard for us. Um, let's take, for instance, if, if you're a younger kid and you're living at home, the scriptures would look at you and say, when it comes to honor, that looks like you obeying your parents. See, you, you think that your parents are on a control binge, right? They just want to ruin your life and do all. Your parents have not been in this situation with you before. They're doing their best. They're doing it because they love you. They're doing it because they want to protect you. They have all kinds of great motives. And when you just decide to not obey them and to disrespect them, that dishonor that that communicates harms the relationship. But here's where it gets tricky. You get older and you leave the house and you're out on your own. It's no longer obedience that's required. In fact, it's, it gets a little weird. When, when a parent tries to tell a married couple or even a single person who's been out of their home for five or 10 years that you should do what I say because you're my kid. No, what it's talking about, the honor that you give at that point is respect. You, you find a way to give them respect even though you don't agree with whatever the issue is. My parents come and visit and we have discovered over the years 
that uh, my parents, who are uh, very conservative, have a different level of musical enjoyment and entertainment enjoyment than my family does, right? And so what happens is when we were growing up, we would look at our kids and say, when grandpa and grandma come here, you can't listen to this and you can't watch these TV shows. And they'd be like, oh, why? Right? They're cramping my style. And we would just say, because it honors them. It's just respecting them. We don't agree with that. We don't agree with the boundaries that they've drawn. But we're trying to find a way to be respectful for them. Can I tell you, now that I'm old enough to be on the other side of that, when my kids make choices that honor, it feels pretty good. It, it feels wow, they respect me, I like that. There's something to it. I, I, we screwed up this um, last Christmas. I, it went right over my head. Tracy's parents came out, and I didn't think about them in the same way, and the kids wanted to watch this Western. I'm not even gonna tell you what it is because I can't remember what it was, except it was nuts. Hold on. It was a Quentin Tarantino movie. Does that tell you anything, right? You had to wipe blood off the screen to watch the movie. It was that bad, right? And, and her parents are sitting in the back of the room. I never thought of them once. And she came to me afterwards and she goes, that was really disrespectful to my parents. And I was like, eh, your dad was probably okay. And she's like, no, he was not, <laughs> right? And she was, I blew it. I had a, I had a moment where we could have said, hey, not, not here, not now, not with me. That's just too creepy of a movie. But I didn't do that. And I blew an opportunity to communicate a sense of honor. The, the reason this is tricky is sometimes people who are in authority, positions of authority, I'll say it for you, they're jerks, right? They treat you with disrespect. They do stuff that's unkind. They're, they're not careful with you. And so you look at that position of authority and you go, why would I honor that person? Why would I honor that person? Some of you feel that way about parents. Some of you feel like, my parents never cared for me. I'm older now and I'm looking back. They treated me with disrespect the whole time. They've tried to, they tried to, Blair, really control me. And it hasn't stopped. And I'm an adult now. What am I supposed to do? Well, it's not about giving in to their demands, but I want you to understand this. This is really important. Honor is not something that people earn. Honor is a gift that you choose to give people. And you do that because there's a desire for you to love God and to engage with that person in a respectable way. And here's the difficulty. See, this is, if, if you've been in a position of authority, you know how hard that is. It's hard for you to be the one that has to make the decisions about what to do or how to do it or when to say no. And you can't make everybody happy. In our culture, that's especially true. You can't make people happy. And so somebody's always upset. And it's a tough position to be in. And I want to tell you right now, there are a lot of people who are in positions of leadership, authority, however you want to look at it, who feel utterly discouraged because the choices that they've had to make, all they hear is the negative stuff on a constant basis. And God offers you this. 
an opportunity to step into that world and give them a gift. I don't agree with what you did. I'm not gonna obey what you had to say, but I'll respect you. Now, it's a little different with government, right? There's a desire to obey what they have to say, but even Paul didn't obey all the time. The Roman government said, you'll not talk about Jesus, and he goes, yes, I will. I'll even go to jail for it. I'll face the consequences of that. But even as Paul was doing that, he was saying, pay your taxes. Give honor where honor's due. You have respect that you could give to these people that will probably have never seen it from anybody before. And you have a chance to encourage this person who's in a position where they don't think they can win. This is something that you can offer as a gift even to people who don't deserve it. Now the third area where you can give honor is kind of interesting. Um, I'm gonna go to 1 Corinthians chapter six and the person uh, that the scriptures say you should honor is God. In verse 20 it says, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. Honor God with what you do, honor God with what you say, honor God with where you go, honor God by the way you choose to live. And you might look at that and go, well, what in the world does that have to do with encouraging anybody else? Well, maybe you have to understand the process for this. See, when you decide to say, I wanna honor God with everything that I am, some stuff starts to happen. I wanna, I wanna just put it on the screen. I like the more literal translation, so I'm not gonna turn to it myself. But in, uh, one more, yeah, there we go. Uh, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he just got done going through a list of gossip, quarrels with each other, all kinds of disputes. He's like, listen, all of these things that we wrestle with as people, if you can start addressing that in your life, cleaning stuff up, which is this honoring God with my body, that person will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. See, when you decide to say, I'm gonna honor God, that opens you up for God pouring into you as a vessel. He pours into you and spills out of you and starts to mess with people around you. Starts to change their world. Why? Because you became a vessel of honor. You chose to live your life in a way that honored God and then God starts to use you in other people's lives, probably in ways that you'll never understand fully. But he, he wants to engage you in meaningful ways and one of the ways to do that is honor. I, I've talked to a lot of followers of Jesus who've said, I really wanna honor God but I find it difficult to do. How in the world can I find a way to do that consistently? Oddly enough, I would reach back really, really far, ancient times, and I would pull an element out of the honor culture that I thought was positive, that we've lost in our world. See, there was, there was an attitude back then that they wanted to find a way to honor somebody else in their life that they really cared about, and so they, they had these important relationships where what that other person thought of them mattered. 
And I, I think there's a place for that in our lives again, where if you desire to honor God, why don't you go find somebody? Find somebody that you care about what they think, about what you do, or what you say, and how you live. That person is important. Find somebody that'll hold you accountable, but not be abusive. Find somebody who will lovingly hear what you have to say and not be judgmental. But you find somebody that you care what they say, what they think about you, and you use that relationship to help you take steps to honor God. You look at that person and say, for me, honoring God always gets challenged in this area. I don't know why I trip up here. I don't know why that's my struggle, but I want you to know about it. And I'm telling you, because I want you to ask me, and I care about what you think. And if we could have a great relationship so that I could have this thing with you that helps push me along, I think I'll be able to honor God a little bit better. And when that happens, it spills into my life and it spills out into other people. That song where he talked about, I wish that we had, I, I thought if we had sat down, we could have worked this out. We could have had a relationship. Why? Because I'm so sorry that I let you down. You want to find somebody in your life that you don't want to let down and tell them your journey with Jesus. Let them walk alongside you with that so that they can encourage you to take steps because what's at stake is your ability to have God pour into you and then touch other people. I, and I love that part of the honor culture. Don't do it in a way that you have to crave their satisfaction, but there is something valuable about finding somebody that you can touch, that you can talk to, that you don't wanna let down. Now, as you look at your world, just think about your week ahead. Which one of these areas do you think you have a chance to exercise? Is it looking around the people that you work with and talk with and are at home and realizing, man, I need to communicate some special honor to people that have really been lifting me up. I'm standing on their shoulders and it's time for me to communicate that value. Or could it be that you've got to find another group of people and say, hmm, I, I, I want to find a way to respect you, even though it's hard. You're, you're in a position of authority over me. And I'm gonna give you this gift. I'm gonna give you a gift of respect. It's not something that you see very often and maybe it'll encourage you. Maybe it'll encourage you to make the right choices. Or, or maybe this week, you've had this desire to honor God for a long time, but it's time to bring somebody else into that arena. Identify somebody that you wouldn't wanna let down and say, listen, this is where I'm at. This is who I really am. And I want to honor God, so will you walk with me? These are the things that you could do. If you thought about your next week, which one? Which one would you exercise? I hope you have the courage to do at least one of those. Let me pray with you. God, this gift of encouragement that you ask us to give it's not about us, it's about all the people around us. And this, uh, this sense that we would be humble enough to realize that we didn't do it on our own, that, 
that we're not it and that others are holding us up, that others in authority are trying their best, God, I ask that you would give us a sense of humility that would allow us to honor people. I, I, I truly believe because of the way our culture is right now, there's not a lot of honor being handed out. And it would be surprising, it would be shocking if we were to be the kind of people who did that. So I ask that you'd help us look at home, look at school, look at our workplace, look at the place we go to have hobbies. Help us identify where we could exercise these muscles that we would that we would show our love for you by encouraging the people around us with honor. Give us the courage to act. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand and sing with us. <laughs>